the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 424, Mr. Samich. Yeah, I don't even know what to do, Huzzah. This is just a, this is a, a wild weekend. We have stakes all over the place. It was uh, it was a fun time. We're going to talk about a couple of them, as well as the betting pools. I think you made a great point prior to the show about the sires versus the actual horses. So looking forward to running through that as well. Well, and the, there's lots of hot takes already flown in the chat. And I want to give a shout out on that note to Dennis Trusty in the chat. He's the one that brought that uh, to my attention a little bit later. We'll talk about Kentucky Derby Future Wager. There was You could bet on the horses. Uh, the, which you can do all, there's five different pools for that, but there's only one time a year you can bet on the sires. And that was this weekend. And if you were paying close attention, like Dennis was, there were some discrepancies where you could get value when you really shouldn't. So, uh, we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about rich strike. Uh, was he a fraud? Was it the end of a, you know, a long campaign? We'll talk about that a little bit, but yeah, a lot of focus on the two-year-olds, uh, specifically the Derby, because even though we had a Kentucky Oaks prep, Mike, Trainer Tom Amos is already thinking, yeah, we might go to the Derby Trail with Hoosier Philly. Yeah, we'll talk about both those races. And uh, I don't disagree with him if all you're competing against is what you saw on Saturday. We'll just put it that way. Uh, one thing Michael also mentioned here, Aqueduct has a major, major turf speed bias. Yeah, it does. Like To the point where anyone who's coming from off the pace has pretty much zero chance of winning right now. you got to be in a length or two of the lead. Um, so if you do see any horses that you like that are running poorly at Aqueduct but, but are coming want to come from off the pace – those are all stable up candidates right now because there's some races that are going to look awful on paper that really were not that bad over the Sacramento turf course. Uh, I know that the Del Mar uh, pick five, once again, we came so close. We came so close, Mike, to hitting it. Lady T was looking like a winner. And then I don't know where the hell that, that Sadler horse came from, just right out of the clouds. I thought Lady T was going to win by three lengths midway through the stretch, the way that she was kind of ranging up and going through it and then just, just decided to not go by, just hung like a, a cheap suit out there. It's really frustrating because I uh, got bet like a winner too. Five to one in the morning line was their favorite going off. I did not expect to be the nine to five favorite in that spot um, and, and ran well and just could not get the job done. All right, Mike, we've got a lot of horses to talk about. The Kentucky Derby Future Wager. We'll talk about some of the two-year-olds that raced on Stars of Tomorrow 2 card at Churchill Downs on Saturday, November 26th, including prep races for the Derby and Oaks. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. And I forgot to hit mute before I uh, started to load the video there. So oh, that was uh, actually well. nicely timed there yeah. with Travis Stone. Uh, the Goldenrod Stakes, we'll start with this one. Race 10, this is for the two-year-old Phillies uh, going a mile in the 16th. A heavy favorite coming into this in Hoosier Philly. Uh, she didn't get the best of breaks just because there was a little bit of action going on. But that four horse there is going to look like just an absolute superstar uh, once they get through the backstretch and into the far turn. What did you think about her race overall first? I thought it was really impressive. I mean, she didn't get a great trip here in the first turn either. Uh, Florent Giroux gave one of the bigger head-scratcher rides here on the three-horse. Uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Um, but it, it was one of those spots where, like, she broke well, 
preserved the rail, but then swung out to the two or three path and it pushed the four Hoosier Philly all the way out to the three or four path mm -hmm. around that first turn. Uh, so had to go three, four wide on the first turn, sat three wide the entire backstretch, had to go three wide on the second turn, never asked, not once, never, never did she get asked and uh, won quite impressively. We'll talk about this race compared to the other one, but this race went almost a second and a half faster than the boys did. Um, now the pace was significantly faster. So, you, you know, sometimes if you look at turf races and times are often not that relevant because of how slow they go early. Uh, but in this case, they were just faster the whole way around. And, and who's your Philly, like I said, never gets asked here. She's ranging up by herself, able to go right on by uh, in the half that she was essentially part of this pace with 47 and four here, and then just kind of keeps rolling down the lane. Now, how much was in here, I think, is probably a, a, a legitimate argument because this is not exactly a bunch of world beaters behind her. But for a two-year-old filly to win like this uh, against winners, essentially, I think is pretty impressive at this point. Uh, Derby talk is a little interesting. Uh, I was surprised when Amos said that right out of the gate. But, hey, like she, she was clearly the best horse to run on Saturday at Churchill. That was two years old. Uh, yeah, definitely. In, in a very strong effort, very nice gallop out, a very big gap to the wall of horses behind her there. Um, Dennis brings up a, a good point. She looks very push button and listens to the rider. Uh, it reminds me of, you know, that was something that I loved about Epicenter would point out like a great horse with, you know, with that kind of talent that has it put together mentally to be push button like that. It's really impressive. I'm curious uh, not to do a shameless plug with the Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League. Uh, the draft will be in a couple weeks. I think we're looking at uh, mid-December. And now with this news, there's always at least one or two. Remember, you know, Echo Zulu was taken. Everybody wanted Echo Zulu last year, and uh, that was the wrong filly to take. But I'm sure somebody's going to try and uh, take this horse. We'll see what happens. Uh, Mark brings up a great point. Whenever the filly runs a full second faster than the Colts, I think it's a very positive sign she can be here, especially because – uh, of who you know who those Colts were and who they had been facing, Mike. We can talk about that race in a second. Um, any any other horses from this race that you're remotely interested in, or is this kind of Hoosier Philly and the rest of them that we'll see you later? Yeah, Hoosier Philly and the rest of them we'll see you later. I mean, this is we're still. I mean, you mentioned the mental aspect of Hoosier Philly, which I think is important. When you have a two year old that is at this level that has the mental capacity already put together, the mental side of the sport already locked in. She has such a huge advantage over everybody else she's running against because it, it, most of the horses behind her just don't have that yet. So this is a situation where some of these could turn into something. But, I mean, I did the preview on RacingDudes.com for this one. I like Knock Your Socks Off, the six. I think Aaron had the cold super on the Racing Dudes preview. Yeah, congrats to both of you there. Um, so and it's not like either of us think Knock Your Socks Off is going to go on to be a world beater. So <laughs> the fact that we were even considering putting this one in second, uh, I, I think kind of tells you the depth of this field. Talked about the pace that we thought was going to be pretty quick. This was a pretty quick pace considering the age and the distance. So it uh, set up well for the horses coming from off the pace. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think really Hoosier Philly is the horse you want to take away, uh, take out of this race or coming forward from it. The the three horses, another one that I did like in this race going into the race. And, and like I said, the, the, the ride was absolutely a head scratcher on American Rockette. I don't know what to take away to Chocolate Gelato and Wonder Wheel, who, who American Rockette ran behind last two times. Uh, and obviously two of the bigger horses there in the Breeders' Cup, Juvenile Phillies. Um, so you kind of have to wonder, hey, how good was that New York class? Although Wonder Wheel gets the job done in the Breeders' Cup, so you can't really take away too much from her. I think this might have been just a ride on American Rockette more than anything else because she was forwardly placed and backed all the way up and never had anything in the lane. 
Uh, I, I, you know, this is interesting. Mark Half says American Rockette needs a turf sprint. Let's give her a try. I, this, you know, very clearly was not a good spot for her, but seems to have talent. Her dam uh, made one try on turf. It was a sprint. She won. So the way that she kind of ran in place and then flattened when she needed to have any sort of gear says it's, yeah, either the distance or the kickback. And I don't think we're going to blame the kickback on there. Well, uh, note, note that she also debuted. Six or five and a half on the turf, the race gets rained off and she wins. So the original intention was to have her turf sprint in her debut, too. So that uh, that would make a ton of sense if that's the next time we see her. And Pharaoh also, you know, a, a very strong turf sprint sire right now. Uh, speaking of the uh, the fantasy draft, Shadi's going to be in our league this year. Uh, she and Davey will be on a fan team. She says her fantasy draft spreadsheet's in chaos. Mike, is your fantasy draft spreadsheet also in chaos? I don't know. You tell me, Magic. How's my fantasy draft spreadsheet going? Uh, I I would never have a spreadsheet in chaos. That I would feel disrespected if anybody actually. It's hard to have a chaotic spreadsheet just based on the whole spreadsheet aspect of it. Generally, spreadsheets are pretty well organized because they kind of force you to put things in cells and stuff. You know, that's that's actually a really good point. Yeah, Shadi, what's going on with you? You doing all right? Hey, all right, let's talk about the uh, the next race on the card. Uh, the, the Kentucky Jockey Wow Kentucky Jockey Club Stakes. This is a, the Derby Prep. Uh, going to mile the 16th, usually a couple of good horses can come out of this race. And your winner is going to end up being Instant Coffee, the eight. Boy, what was going on here? Let's rush up. Let's rush up. Let's rush up. Let's do four wide. Uh, oh, wait, maybe not a good idea. Okay, now we're going to back off. I, I thought he was going to lose the race right there when that happens. Yeah, I don't know if rush up is the right term. They went 50 seconds to the half. So no one was rushing at any point early in this race. Um, and this is this just came down to the tale of a trip here in my mind. I mean, we're gonna as you watch this race unfold, you know, the four is crawling up front, the nine isn't putting any pressure on it. Morales on the one has the brakes on, he's had the brakes on since the start of the race. You can see how far back his butt is wow. right now, and how forward his heels are. I, the five red route one, another horse that, that's going to face a wall of traffic as they kind of get toward the turn here. And, and to me, this is just the tale of two trips. I, I think the one horse, Curly Jack, was the best horse in this race. And just got an atrocious ride, had to check or at least be slowed down multiple times. Now it's going to get shuffled all the way to the back. You see Instant Coffee already moving here. We're starting to up into sixth and now going to go past into fifth. As the four backs up, forces the one further back. The five is just behind a wall here when he gets to the lane. And the eight horse, sometimes four wide is good because you don't have to deal with all the other shit that's happening inside of you. And this was a situation where four wide was a great thing. Because the one and the five don't get to run until late in this race, and they're just both screaming out for room. Boy, and I was right there him going, come on, like somebody, like the five, get open. It seems like he's got a horse to go. And, uh, yeah, the one is, well, Ben, he tried going up, and there's nothing. He had to redirect again. It's crazy what's going on there with the one. I'm glad you pointed that out because I hadn't noticed it before. I was too focused on the eight and the five. Curly Jack, you're not wrong, man. That's a pretty – and he got second. That's a pretty damn solid effort from Curly Jack. And it's interesting, both the one and the five come out of Loggins and Forte's race, right? Like this race is getting more and more flattered as this thing, as, as, as this goes on and on. I mean, you obviously have, uh, you've got uh, Forte coming back and winning the Breeders' Cups. So that obviously flatters Loggins in that race as well. But now you have these two horses that ran third and fourth, both running very well. A horse that was out of that race wins a $200,000 stakes race earlier on the card as well. I mean, it just, the, the, that specific race just seems to be getting better and better and better as they run these additional races. The, uh, it, you know, it's funny. The, the final time is a 1.2 to three, 1.31 seconds slower than the Phillies. 
instant coffee got a one point higher buyer. Uh, I think whoever's doing the buyers for Churchill is a little sexist. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I know that they measure more than just the, the flat time there, but that is interesting. Um, man, look at that wall straight across there. Okay, so let's talk about, let's transition from this race. Uh, you talked about the top two finishers here finished third and fourth in the Breeders' Futurity Stakes, and that is where we're going to lead to the Kentucky Derby Future Wager Pool. And a lot of horses to talk about here, a lot of them not worth talking about. I feel bad for that they had to try and come up with this many names without Bob Baffert being eligible uh, to field this first list. So you see a lot of them 99 to 1, but uh, where is he? Instant cough, or sorry, Loggins, 19 to 1 here after opening at 40 to 1. He didn't run this weekend, but you saw what happened. Forte's at 10 to 1, and I believe he ends up being the favorite single choice here. So, first of all, 10 to 1 on Forte at this point, it, is it worth a bet at all? I wouldn't take anything short of 25 to 1 on anyone right now. I mean, to me, that's that's where you could start to make an argument. If you thought a 25 to 1 shot was by far the best horse in the crop, you could bet in this pool. Um, you know, if you want to take a shot at 90 to 1, 99 to 1, I'm, you know, no, no knocking against that. No horse is 10 to 1 to make the gate right now in the Kentucky Derby, okay? Like, I'm sorry, but we're not even – we haven't even turned the calendar year yet. Um, it, it takes a lot to get there. It takes a lot of racing luck to stay healthy. Uh, we don't know all of the horses. We've seen more and more horses debut later in their careers now that pick up points. We have no clue what's happened with the Bob Baffert saga and who, where those horses are going to go to try and get points. It just – to me right now – and the other aspect of it is, okay – 10 to 1 on your money, but you have to, it's being held for six months. There are other ways to get back 10 to 1 on that money. And there's the opportunity cost of that money being locked up as well. So for me, 25 to 1, where I'd be starting to consider a horse, I don't like the horse that I would consider a 25 to 1 would be Loggins. It goes off at 19. So that's not bad. But I wouldn't want my money locked up for six months. Not if I'm going to put a significant wager on it at 19 to 1 or 25 to 1. Yeah, I so I did bet on Loggins. Uh, it was not a significant amount. It was you know it was twenty dollars. I thought yeah. sure it, it I can put twenty bad. bucks on him at nineteen to one right now. Yeah. I can I can guarantee you no one who bets horses professionally was unloading into this pool. I guarantee you that. <laughs> um, speaking of that, uh, people who bet horses professionally, I know for a fact that some very wise minds in horse racing absolutely adore this horse's chances. Extra Añejo as a three-year-old, um, 13 to one on him. I put some money on him just because I thought, I don't know if there'll ever be a time he's 13 to one in a single race, whether it's the Derby or not, he's going to always be bet. Cause it was a $1.35 million son of justify that epicenters connections bought and gave to Asmussen. And he ran, like he actually should with that kind of royalty. So, um, yeah, there's where that one went off. Uh, let's talk about as far as uh, we'll go back to Loggins for a second. Uh, Dennis is the one who I saw post this on Twitter. And so, Dennis, I want to give you full credit. Uh, Loggins, 19 to 1. He was 19 to 1 pretty much the full weekend, but his sire, Ghost Sapper, though he closed at 19 to 1, Mike, he was in the mid 20s for <laughs> most of the time there. And it was like, you can get one horse at one price, or you can get that same horse at a better price and insert, you know, I couldn't tell you a single ghost sapper outside of him, but yeah. yeah. So it's crazy here. What goes on with this sort of wagering? Is it just as Dennis said that some betters are really, I don't say dumb, but they don't think to just look somewhere else. Uh, I, I think part of it is most like, I would say 
a lot of people are are intimidated by sire pools. They're not even like wanting to deal with it or look at it or think about it. They're like, hey, I like this horse. I'm going to bet this horse, especially when it's $2, $5, $10. So I think there's a lot of just, um, I'm not going to say uneducated, but lazy betting, right? <laughs> Where it's just like, I'm just going to bet this horse because, and I don't want to deal with looking at it, you know, looking at the other pool and then comparing the two and waiting until five minutes before it closes and then making a decision of where my bet goes. It's more of like, hey, I'm going to 20 bucks on the horse I like, right? Versus <laughs> I'm going to do some actual, you know, research into this $20 I'm going to put down. I think that's mainly why you get that, uh, that situation here. I mean, to me, this is interesting because you get a lot of big numbers here and I, you know, even quality roads sitting there 19 to one, but like you have some, some interesting horses, sharp as tech and Gervin have been very good sires. We don't haven't probably haven't seen the full amount of the crop there. They're both sitting at 99 to one. Um, it's, you got, I mean, like into mischief at seven to one, that's tough for me to take into mischief at seven to one. When you have a favorite like that, because we've only seen really a couple into mischiefs get that mile and a quarter distance, and they've all been with good old Bobby, if I remember correctly. Well, I guess I guess yeah. we've got uh, I guess we got uh, Flightline now as well that we can put into that that grouping. Um, so, but it's, I still don't know if I want to lay seven to one with, with a horse or a sire like into mischief. And I would make the exact same argument here that I made with the Derby pool. I don't want my money tied up for six months if I'm not getting at least twenty five to one. And so that's kind of where I would start the the, the number here. Uh, I misspoke. Uh, Extra Nejo was by Into Mischief because I thought, wait, there's a discrepancy. Justify 60. I think I misspoke there. Uh, Into Mischief 7. I agree with you. That's not a horse. Like, So what's interesting here, Mark Heff's bringing up, he brought uh, bought into two, Gunrunner at 12 to 1 and Quality Road at 19 to 1. I think those are both very, especially Gunrunner. Uh, I couldn't tell you Gunrunner right this second, but uh, I think that's the one that is Arabian Lion, who is the lesser of the Arabians, who you correctly said Michael Owson is Uncle Mo. And uh, let's see, if you wanted to bet on Arabian Night, all others would have been, I believe it was four to five. Yep, we closed at four to five. Uncle Mo, 13 to one. Look at that. Look how easy that would have been for you to just get 13 to one on a Baffert horse from pool two. I mean, that's how you cheat the system right there. That is a... Well. That's you nice level a, thinking. I like that. You did a couple others in the all others category outside of just uh, just the night there. Um, let's go back up there because I think what's wild is any Philly drops from eighty to one listing to twenty nine to one off just because of this. The, the uh, who's your Philly? I mean, there's no other Philly that anyone's talking about. So you're really just betting. You essentially got who's your Philly at twenty nine to one. I realize there's other Phillies out there, but how often do we see any Philly in the Derby, let alone win it? Like it's just that's wild to me. That that twenty nine to one is. Un, it's crazy short for what that it should be 290 to one yeah i don't think that i don't think anybody's looking at that going mm, the wonder wheel 29 to one in the kentucky derby like uh wait i just realized i typed i need to fix this editor uh 2020 crop that was that's not correct i need to that's fix that <laughs> uh speaking of one error um i see uh dennis got he did end up landing on it so we talked about forte uh he ends up closing opening and closing at 10 to one there Mike, who is Forte's sire? Uh, violence. 11 to 1 on violence. You can get Forte, the Breeders' Cup juvenile champion, at 10 to 1, or you can get his sire and everybody else that he, you know, injected and made it to the track that, you know, for this year. You can go ahead and do that. Um, it, it's just, it's crazy that you could, again, yeah, there you go. Shotty's got the violence game going on. Um, <laughs> it's just crazy. I don't know. It, uh, is there any sire? I mean, tap at 17 to one. He's pretty popular, uh, although that he tends to be more popular or, or better suited for the Belmont. But, you know, maybe what's the what are the lowest odds you would take on any sire right now? 
I my, my number would probably be 25 to one on any side or two, just because of the time commitment and the money. Like, and this is one of those where it's like, do you want to take a shot? I mean, Bolt Oro is interesting at 18 to one. He's winning everything right now. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if I could take that low. Arrogate opening at eight, going off at 27 is a little bit interesting. Um, I would rather take a shot at like just, you know, maybe you don't know one that's coming up, right? Like you've had some really expensive city of lights, 60 to one there. Um, 99 to one, I think it was, I saw on uh, the sharp Azteca who's had some horses that have run well. Like I would just take a, a ridiculous shot if I'm playing this pool and see if I can just cash huge, if I'm going to have the money tied up that long. Uh, whoever bet practical joke down from 80 to one to 69 to one, you need your head examined. I got some <laughs> questions, man. I, I, I probably am one of the like leading practical joke homers in the world. And I, this is crazy. He, mile and a quarter practical. Maybe if you get to like, Maybe if it was a relay race and one practical joke could hand to the other practical joke, they'd be able to win the Derby. But there's no way you're getting a mile and a quarter with practical joke. No. Well, does Baffert have any? No, I don't even think Baffert could get him <laughs> to do that. Not even, not, even Baffert would be like, no, nah, I'm not this good, guys. Like, hey, you know, well, you know what? Charlatan was by Spitestown. Uh, he didn't make it to the Derby because he was hurt, but he was a two-turn winner, grade one winner. Anyways, uh, all right. Anybody else in the chat? I was trying to see uh, Michael Olson hit a huge bet at Del Mar, and so the smart thing he thought was let's put that let's put those winnings on uh, all others at four to five. Listen, if you believe in Baffert uh, or one of the Baffert trainees currently making it to the Derby through Tim Yakteen or Sean McCarthy or whoever the hell at that point, I mean. I mean, four to five, and you can have any Baffert. Well, and you also—it's your get, money, man. Well, there's also a lot of other horses that are that that, that you're getting in that. That's that true. Group. I would love to know the last time the All Others did not win this pool because it's it has been a minute, I believe. That that this there was early, a, yeah. yeah. That the first pool, the winner was actually listed. Um, and, and you know, if you want to make the argument, if you're willing to put a lot of money on it, all of a sudden the four to five makes a little bit of sense because let's say you put your money in the stock market or other investments. You're not getting 80% return in six months, right? So now you're also probably not losing 100% sometimes either. So there's a little bit of the gambling <laughs> aspect of it. But like they talk about bridge jumpers and why do bridge jumpers do it? Well, very few places you can get a you know 5% return in two minutes. Very few places you can get an 80% return in six months. So if you're willing to like, hey, I'm going to drop down 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand into this pool, then yeah, I, I can get why you'd play that specific one. Um, but the rest of these, I think it's it's, it's pretty tough to, to advocate a large bet on a single horse. Uh, Mike, one thing I want to talk about here, since I've got it pulled up, there was one race, if I can find it, is this going to be the one? I don't believe this is it. Hold tight. i got to remember the race numbers. It is this one. Victory Formation ends up getting the highest buyer of the uh, of the whole weekend. It's going to be the two horse. I'll rewind this here. Uh, but I wanted to talk about it because he gets the highest buyer of the whole week or the whole day at Churchill Downs in 85 uh, for winning. This is a six furlong optional claimer allowance. But it's interesting. He debuts a six and a half, Mike, and Cox brings him back at a six furlong sprint. But he's by Taprit, who's a Belmont Stakes winner, and he's out of a smart strike mare. It would make you think he should have no reason to go two turns. So my question, do you think this horse really, you know, would you want to play this horse at two turns having seen how he's been handled so far? I mean, I don't mind how you're handling him. Um, they may just, they may not think he is mentally ready to, to face two turns yet. I mean, that's part of it, right? I mean, we went 21 and two here, very fast horse, just kind of going. Um, 
he's definitely bred for longer. I, I, his Tomlinson rating for a six furlong race is 238, which is wildly <laughs> low, like wildly low. So clearly the breeding is, is to go significantly longer than this. Um, and maybe it's just they're not mentally ready. Maybe they didn't want to put him into a stakes race, and this was the you know $100,000 sprint. Why not throw him here and see what happens? Um, I would make an even bigger argument after watching this replay back, the mentally ready aspect of this with like how he is running and he still hasn't switched leads. Like <laughs> there are definitely some issues uh, on, on the come home here. Um, so yeah, it, it, I like the fight back though. I mean, I, it looks like he's going to lose this race multiple times. He kind of fights on and there. You oh. can see him turn his head and actually look, I'm going to rewind a little bit. You can see him turn his head and look at the horse like, Hey, get the hell out of here. Yeah, you can see him looking out right there and like, oh, wait a second, there is someone out here. And, and then you'll notice he switches leads, I think, right there. Nope, so I wasn't done it. There it is. Um, the right lead, yeah. And, and so he kind of goes to the right lead, and that's when you start to see him accelerate back on this four horse as well. So tons of talent. Um, be interesting to see what, what comes out of this. I, I think that's a two-turn horse that's not mentally ready to take on two turns, and that's why they're running him at one right now. And uh, that's not a, 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 something that Brad Cox has really shut. Cyberknife was a horse that he thought uh, had a ton of talent, was excited about, and it just took the horse a while. And you see, eventually, he got it put together, and he wins the Haskell Stakes. So that's uh, that's a pretty good uh, result for that. Um, as far as uh, Brad Cox goes, by the way, as far as if you could bet on trainers who are eligible for the Kentucky Derby, that guy's got to be the favorite, right? I mean, I know Todd Fletcher has forte but brad cox if you look at the list of horses that were uh in the kentucky derby future wager pool it's like every third horse or fourth horse is a brad cox so if you like the brad cox horse in the derby wager pool you know wouldn't it be nice by the way if you could do kentucky derby trainer wagers like why we're betting on the sire why not bet on the trainer Mm. I, i mean i don't disagree with you i think the jockey one would be fun too um because you get the jockey roulette that goes on later in the later in the season too, so you don't really know who you're going to end up with uh, as we go through mm-hmm. it. Yeah, the trainer part, I'm sure that's part of it is they don't want to put Bob Baffert's name up there, and so he would be any other trainer, and then they don't want to deal with that. And like then, who is? The well, I just mean in general. Forget the fact that he's not allowed right now. Yeah, I, I think the uh, trainer would be fun. Jockey would be fun. I mean, might as well just be shameless with this shit if you're going to do it right. Like, just have some fun with it. Um, Florent Giroux, I know someone mentioned in the chat. 0 for 2 with, with uh, Cox that day. Saez goes 2 for 2. If Saez ever chose to ride in Kentucky, he would dominate that circuit. With the way that speed favors there and then his aggressiveness on the front end and, and, that, and how yep. good he is just across the board as a jockey, he would destroy Kentucky if he ever stayed there full time. And what's interesting is that the purses keep going up and up and up in Kentucky. I keep waiting for there to be a huge jockey from New York to just say – Fuck it, I'm going to go to Kentucky where it's uh, you know made special. It's 125 thousand dollars. What's 60 percent of uh, of that, and then the jockey gets 10 percent of that. I mean, that's a really great one. What does that be? Six percent? Yeah, that's a really great payday. And size would be the guy to do it, right? I mean, because he's yeah. not getting first call in New York because of the, the Irad, because of Jose, because of Pratt now, because of Rosario. He would get a lot of first calls in Kentucky. Yeah, but they don't have turf courses anywhere except in except in Franklin, Kentucky, and and they're only there for two weeks a year. You know who does have a turf course again? Oh my gosh, let's talk about that. Did you see those photos? Oh, I don't know where you're gonna go. I'm gonna go Gulfstream Park. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm gonna pull up yeah. the photos because it is gorgeous, and also Churchill should. Oh. It's funny because everyone, everyone, 
everyone gives Gulfstream Park shit for that synthetic track, which, by the way, is is not a bad track to bet at all. Plays pretty fair. Like it's 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 been fine. And now you have a lush turf course that they can go to as well heading into this championship meet. I mean, they for all the flack they took, they actually did things right. And and here we are with a beautiful turf course and a great all weather option for when that thing comes off. And now you have a bunch of stats on the all weather, so you can actually handicap it well. And like I just Gulfstream Park gets gets the the chef's kiss. Mwah. From actually having having managing the track, <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can find the where is it? The Goldstream Park sent out a photo. There it is. Oh, they sent out a photo. They had Aaron Ryder, Aaron Grider, and uh, Julian Le Peru take a couple of Safi horses over the uh, over the turf to be the first ones to ride it, and they were raving about it. Look at this. Look at how gorgeous that is. I, it and almost looks like Florida. It looks so good. It almost looks like AstroTurf. They said that the um, they were trying to create basically mimic Santa Anita Parks turf course uh, with the with like the type of cushion and everything, and they were they were praising it. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we used to joke, joke that this was Durf, right? This was the Durf course, and and now you look at this and you're like, wow, they they did a great job of saying we're going to bite the bullet, take everything off the turf for for months. Use this, yeah. build the all-weather first, take all the shit we got for the all-weather, bite the bullet on that too, and now we're sitting here and we're in an amazing position to have phenomenal fields here for the Champions meet. I've totally forgot it's about size. He won six races, <laughs> and I was watching every single one of them because I was watching all those two-year-old races in real time, and I was like, good God, size is just winning every race. Um, this makes me feel fantastic uh, moving forward for Gulfstream Parks Championship meet, which will be in a few weeks. And then the road to the Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks will definitely be going through there. The Pegasus World Cup, Pegasus World Cup turf is coming up in a little less than two months. So that's exciting. And then Malibu Stakes Day on uh, December 26th. Uh, wow. Dennis says Churchill spent $10 million for their piece of – well, I'm editorializing $10 million for their piece of shit, says Magic. And Gulfstream spent $3 million. Look at that again. Three million for that. Oh, beautiful. And the winner is. <laughs> uh, you know what's also great about Aaron Grider being one of the ones to go ride that course? He retired. He's, you know, won over 3,000 races. Uh, he's first racing, which is Stronach Group. Uh, he's their senior vice president of racing operations. So he was like kind of helping to oversee this project. And then they were like, we need someone to put horses out there. He goes, I'm going. I Somebody also else can go with me, but I'm going. He's he's he was the guy at Arlington Park for a while too, and so to have him over that turf mm -hmm. course when Churchill Downs is having all the struggles with theirs is also a little bit ironic as well. Uh, Churchill should spend ten million dollars and get Aaron Grider to come help them out, or, or literally anybody with a lawn that looks better than shit. <laughs> um all right mike uh early show but that's okay it's, um we'll be back yeah we'll be back later this week i haven't looked ahead i'm guessing it's cigar mile week so we'll i'm guessing we're gonna be aqueduct for the late yep. pick five there um although shit it is del oh man del mar's closing week hey we i have to do something special about that i don't know man i don't mind running back del mar either we've been like just like razor's edge close here on the Del, on Del Mar the last two times we've done shows there. So I don't mind heading back there if you want to. You know what? Let's do Del Mar. And, and if you really want aqueduct information, there's uh, there are th four stakes races all graded at aqueduct on Saturday. We'll have full previews for three of them. So don't worry. We'll, we'll get you covered for aqueduct, the Cigar Mile, the Remsen, which is a big prep for the Kentucky Derby, the Demoiselle, a big prep for the Oaks. 
Uh, we've also got the Hollywood Derby coming later this week uh, on Saturday. The Matriarch on Sunday closes things up. Uh, they'll have a couple of good races for the New York Reds on uh, Sunday at Aqueduct. And if you want to play Parks on Tuesday, can't believe Aaron didn't fire me for even suggesting this, but he did it. We've got a preview for the Pennsylvania Nursery Stakes. It's a $200,000 uh, race for uh, Pennsylvania Breads. It's a huge field. It's a great betting opportunity. There are a couple horses where the connection that are in that race. The connections are talking about possibly trying uh, the Kentucky Derby Trail, looking at possibly going to Aqueduct. So that's why we did it. We could see some might come out of there. So uh, go check that out. Mike, it's Monday Night Football. Before we get out of here, what are your thoughts for Monday Night Football? Don't watch the game. Just don't do it to yourself. It's, uh, Who is it? <laughs> Pittsburgh at the Indianapolis. Uh, if, you, if you want to be degenerate, take Pittsburgh in the first half. Um, they, they, their defensive line should wreak havoc on the uh, Colts offensive line. But I, this is not a game. But these are two teams that I absolutely despise. I, I don't have any interest in putting any money toward this thing. Last night's game wasn't wonderful either, but you got at least to see the Eagles who uh, looked pretty good against the Packers. Oh, like if the Packers or the Bears play Justin Fields or Aaron Rodgers for a single snap again this the rest of this year, they, you should fire their GM immediately. Immediately. There's no reason Aaron Rodgers should just be done in Green Bay. He doesn't want to be there. Just get rid of him, trade him, move on, figure out how good Jordan Love is, get a better draft pick. And if the Bears put Justin Fields in there, they're morons because you have your quarterback of the future. You don't want to win another game. Not a single game. You want to get a better draft pick. That's all you care about is protect him, rush the passer. You need draft picks for that. You've got like seven of them later in the later in the second and third round. You only have your own first rounder. Make it a top five pick. Don't put Justin Fields back out there when he's already injured and give him a chance to get more hurt when you already have your QB1. Right? So it's be interesting to see how this, uh, this, this plays out from a strategic standpoint in the NFC North, but neither neither Rodgers or Fields should see another snap this rest of the season. Well, Spike's being a little oh, we didn't talk about the negative Clark. Nancy about it. I will give you pick. I will say Deontay Johnson, receiver for the Steelers, over forty three yards tonight. That, we didn't that talk one. about the Clark. There you go. I don't want to. We, I mean, you don't want to, do you want to shit all over Rich Strike for nineteen minutes? I mean, okay, well, let's talk about it rationally here. Uh, Aaron and I were watching it live. We did, or no, you and I'm sorry, you and I, I'm sorry, Aaron and I were Saturday. You and I were doing it Friday and we watched it live. Like, this horse just has nothing. Um, you know, immediately after Sunny Loans, like maybe it came back too soon. Maybe he's got a fever. I don't know. What do you think about Rich Strike, Mike? I am. Look, the fact that Proxy won the race tells you everything you need to know about this race. I think that's the, a good way to put it. Um, I, and I'm one of the people that's been higher on Proxy all year. You've made fun of me multiple times on this show for liking Proxy, who's now a grade one winning Proxy. Yeah. Say it with respect now, Magic. Not even um, Tacitus can say that, man. Like, he's better than Tacitus. He's better. I mean, woof. Put some respect on that name, baby. Uh, <laughs> look, this was the rich strike I thought we'd get in the Belmont and in the Traverse. And so I feel a little, a little like the wool was pulled over my eyes because I finally am like, okay, I'll buy into this rich strike BS. And then he runs like this in a race where no one really ran very well. Like he, this, he likes the track. He got a decent trip. He was sitting close enough to the pace. And then he was just, uh, he was, he was emptier than a, than a 40 at a, a, a frat party. Like it was just ridiculous. He had nothing in the tank. I'm looking at his, uh, his race record. He's regularly come back a month from races. He, you know, the Jeff Ruby stakes was April 2nd. The Kentucky Derby was May 7th. So there's a month. Um, they skipped the preakness because they said two weeks was too soon. This ended up being 
uh, what is that? Three, yeah, three weeks after the Breeders' Cup Classic, but he didn't. He went from Keeneland back home to Churchill. It's like an hour. I mean, I've made that trip. It's not that far. Like, it's yeah, you know, it's, it's fine. If you run fourth, if you run third, okay. He he was last. Like, not even a close. Yeah. Like the last, last. Like, never had a chance to win. Look, look. I mentioned it when we were covering live. I'm like, he is all in on this horse, and there is still like five furlongs left. This is going to go real poorly for Rich Strike. And like he just backed it up. I mean, he put he put the it was like he just beep beep beep. <laughs> That's the only noise Rich Strike made down. Like it was ridiculous how bad this effort was. So I, I, I don't buy that it came back too soon. Like come back too soon, and he just doesn't have enough gas at the end. Okay, fine, whatever. But like you don't run that bad because you ran back too soon. Um, how about this? Uh, this can be a controversial thing. It's nothing about the horse. Uh, do they, if his horse is going to win again, does he need a new trainer? Uh, I mean, no, because I, I'm sure they can find a, a terrible grade one at Churchill again, that he can win, uh, at some point since we just saw proxy. If not this, what? <laughs> well, I, there's a couple more of these every year. Like, don't worry. There'll be more chances. Um, if I own the horses, he would have a different trainer. I'll just put it that way. I don't, I think, I mean, I'll, like even looking, I'm trying to find any excuse here. The fact, you know, Rich Strike, you could say he was done or he was, he was, um, didn't have any energy for the Clark. And I thought that was noticeable. He just wasn't, didn't look like his normal self when they, when, um, Sonny Leon was asking him to, but he didn't have a single work between the classic and the Clark. And, and I'm thinking like a different trainer would have probably tried to put at least a three furlong blowout or something to sharpen him up in there. So, I don't know. It's not. This is not meant to be a rich strike hate parade. I didn't even want to talk about it. Y'all made me bring it up. So, what what is the worst price you would bet rich strike to win at now? In a race like that? Yeah. Let's say they ran that race again in, in a month. What would you be willing to bet him to win at? Man, against that field, five to one. I mean, that was a bad field, like for a grade one. I mean, I, I would need a price at this point. Five, five, like that field, probably between five and seven to one, I could probably come back and bet him. Yeah. And not feel terrible about myself. Um, against a real grade one field, he needs to be 20 to one plus again. Like this is, that that was that bad of an effort. Shadi says that, you know, possibly he raced too many demanding races. Trish, this one sucks. Uh, Rich Strike and Folsom were her picks in the pick six, and they didn't get the job done. First time taking my grandma to the track was hoping to win it big. Yeah, sorry. That's Usually you get the beginner's luck. You should have had your grandma make the ticket. That's usually the – next time. Next time bring grandma. Though I don't know, does beginner's well, luck It's not beginner's luck the second time. <laughs> I guess if she didn't make a bet that first time, but anyways. That's but, fair. Make her punch the yeah. tickets next time. <laughs> all right we're gonna get out of here thanks so much for joining mike and i to talk about the kentucky derby the kentucky oaks trails uh it's very early on but we have so much content that's going to continue to come out all through the next month as well uh, i was talking to aaron Haltman about some of the stuff we're going to possibly be doing over the holidays so we still have stuff producing every day over at our youtube channel youtube.com slash racing dudes also started putting up replays for horses such as uh, Victory Formation that we saw earlier, if you were watching the feed here, uh, we had the replay for Victory Formation on our YouTube channel. You can't really find that if you just go searching on YouTube for it. So trying to find the replays like that for horses just so that you have a great spot that you can go come and find them. If there's any horses like that towards the Derby or the Oaks you want us to try and find and make it more accessible, uh, maiden wins you think are really deserving, 
tell us. Put it in the comments below. Happy to do it. Uh, really want to just make this a more accessible and, and a better community here for the Racing Dudes fans. So uh, all excited about that. Mike, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, next tournament, I know a couple people asked. I know the plan was doing this weekend. Um, I have not heard anything if it's been officially posted yet. Um, I thought we were done till Malibu. But we're going to do one more qualifier at Cigar Mile, but I don't know if that's oh, actually sure. going to happen or not. So we'll, I'll, okay. I'll, we'll, I'll check with, uh, with Jared and see if he's going to put one up. Hey, uh, Edgar Morales in, this, in the chat here. This is great. Uh, great win on Hoosier Philly. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, let Jared go. Jared at racingdudes.com. Send him an email. He'll, uh, he'll let you know. <laughs> Just uh, blow him up. <laughs> blow him up. That's how, Hey, listen, that's how you make things happen. Um, all right. Thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you return on Thursday. Uh, I don't know. what the, We're going to be in December by then. Is that the first? Crazy. Yes, yeah. it is. D December 1st. Thursday, December 1st. Join Mike and I. We're going to be previewing the Aqueduct late pick. No, the Del Mar late pick five on Saturday. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that one. It's going to be closing weekend. Lots of great action. Until then, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellard. He is at some of them. 18, number one, number eight. Until Thursday, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, guys. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.